I expect him to be somewhere in the upper 60s at the least. He got 62%. And that tells me that there are 38% of Republicans in the state who don't want to see Mike Lee back in the Senate. Good Tuesday morning and welcome back from the holiday weekend. I'm Jeff Parrott, your host for the day. Let's jump right into this short week. As Utah's primary election results were being reported, I caught up with politics reporter Brian Schott to see what the tally can tell us about the future of Utah's Republican Party. Brian Schott, it's been a busy week. Thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure. So we kind of like we're talking ahead of the primaries about this election or these elections might be a bit of a litmus test for the GOP. What what have, can we surmise at the end here? Well, what we saw was uh, almost across the board. There are a few exceptions, but across the board, candidates who did well at convention and were favored by the convention delegates did not do as well in the polls as the more mainstream conservatives who for the most part did not do great at convention now you have a few uh out you know mike mike lee that's probably not a case where you're going to be able to uh, talk about that he is such he's so wildly popular inside the republican party but just take a look at uh congressional districts one and three blake moore john curtis challenged from their political right andrew Badger was uh, uh, the main rival to Blake Moore, also Tina Cannon. And, uh, uh, you know, Badger got 59% of the vote at the convention, and he got shellacked in in the the primary, barely got above 30%. Same thing with Chris Herod. He uh, got 54% of the convention uh, and just got demolished in the primary, getting about 27%. So there's a disconnect between the party's activist base and more rank and file Republican voters. And we saw that up and down the ballot, just in almost every case where a a convention candidate finished ahead of a more mainstream opponent, the mainstream opponent did very well on election day and the convention candidate really struggled to gain traction with the the voters. Is Congressman Owens kind of an example or an exception to the rule here? There really wasn't much of a reason to get rid of him, you know, and that's and 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 that's the case for Moore, and that's the case for um, uh, Curtis as well. There's just not a lot of reason to get rid of him, um, you know, and 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 there was a, a definite difference between himself and his opponent, Jake Hunsaker. Uh, but, you know, voters didn't really see a reason to get rid of him. And Owens did very well at convention. Uh, but where, if you look at places where the incumbent finished behind at convention, which Curtis and Moore did, uh, that just shows that there's a, a little bit of a disconnect that, that, that uh, uh, convention goers uh, are a little bit out of step with the rest of the, of the mainstream in the party. So we've talked about those House seats. What about the Senate? We did see Mike Lee, um, you know, he is going to go to he's going to be challenged in November, but he did survive the primary against two Republicans. 
Well, you, here's a, if anybody thought that Mike Lee was going to lose a Republican primary in the state, um, you know, I would have taken that action all day long. Uh, but uh, so so that was not surprising. What is surprising is that he only finished with 62 percent of the vote. I expected to be somewhere in the upper 60s at the least. He got 62 percent. And that tells me that there are 38 percent of Republicans in the state who don't want to see Mike Lee back in the Senate. Now, normally that wouldn't be a problem for him because he would be running against a Democratic opponent. Well, he's not. He's running against Evan McMullen, who, for all intents and purposes, is another Republican. Essentially, he's got two GOP primaries to run, uh, and he survived the first one, and now he's got another one. But in the the second one, it's not just Republicans casting ballots. It will be Democrats and independents as well. And if you look at that 62%, there's a window uh, it's it's not very big, uh, but there is a window that you could can, you could make a case that he might be in trouble against Evan McMullen. A lot of things will have to fall in his way. A lot of things will have to go right for him. But a few things have already gone right for him. The Democrats didn't nominate a candidate uh, to clear the field for him. Mitt Romney did not endorse. Uh, and I think that that's big for McMullen simply because it gives a permission structure for more for those mainstream Republicans who may be uncomfortable with uh, how far to the right Mike Lee has gone. Um, you know, he was all in for President Trump. At, a lot of people forget he called for Trump to drop out of the race uh, in 2016 and did everything he possibly could to deny Trump from getting the nomination. But once it was a fait accompli, he went all in for Trump. And and, and there's probably uh, a group of Republicans who are uncomfortable with that. Mitt Romney not getting involved in the race uh, gives them a, a permission to go elsewhere, to maybe go to Evan McMullen. Now, some of those re- Republican voters who did not vote for him in the primary, they're going to come home. So we'll have to see if it's a big defection or not. That's one of the things that have to go has to go right for Evan McMullen. But there is a softness in Lee's candidacy, especially in some places where he should have done very well. If you look at what happened in Utah County in 2016, Lee got almost 83% of the vote in Utah County. This week, he got 63.5. That should be a stronghold for him. And, and how that was very- down there? Well, in 2016, Evan McMullen, when he ran for for president, he finished second with 30 percent of the vote. He finished ahead of Hillary Clinton. Now, part of that is 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 Hillary Clinton. And part of that is people who are not comfortable with uh, MAGA, you know, going far to the right politically. So he's going to have to watch that. Um, you know, Lee did very well in the mega parts of the state, and that's pretty much the the southern parts of the state. But there are places that uh, he might be in a little bit of trouble. He barely got a majority in Salt Lake. Now, Republicans don't usually do well in Salt Lake, but for him to only get 52, 50.2% of the vote, that's got to set up some alarm bells. There's some things that he's going to have to do to try to get back to the middle. Uh, and he's got some work ahead of him. Now, again, am I saying that Evan McMullen is going to win. No, it's 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 not likely that he's going to win. But there is a world in which I could persuasively make that argument. 
We know Senator Lee was not a Trump fan back in 2016. Do we remember who he voted for in 2016 for president? Well, he voted he voted for Evan McMullen. But if you remember in 2020, he was comparing Donald Trump to Captain Moroni. So, you know, that is a complete re- reversal. Got it. Brian, thank you so much for joining the pod today. Sure. After the Supreme Court announced last month that it was overturning the constitutional right to have an abortion, there has been no shortage of opinions on the ruling. And here at the Tribune, that includes letters to the editor. So I called up with opinions editor George Pyle to talk about one hot take that has taken off online. George, you got a pretty interesting letter to the editor that you uh, published last week that's gotten a lot of traction, and not just here in Utah, from a gentleman named Scott Bass. Can you tell us a little bit about Mr. Bass's letter? Yeah, Mr. Bass sent this initially to uh, our executive editor, Lauren Gustis, and she passed it along to me. Um, we weren't even sure if it was meant to be published at first. Turned out that exactly what he wanted. Uh, he lives in um, in Cetus, California. California. Uh, apparently, he is in the business of setting up trade shows. And... He also uh, is a frequent visitor to the Snow Basin Ski Resort near Ogden, um, but not anymore. He, he says that because of what Utah has done with its uh, abortion laws, its trigger law that basically bans abortion in most cases, uh, he doesn't care to visit Utah anymore or spend his money here, not just personally, but as part of his business. Friday afternoon, it's this was published just a couple of days ago. It's had tens of thousands of uh, views and yeah. a lot of reactions. Can you give us a quick summary of kind of the comments on this story? Yeah, actually, the, most of the comments have been supportive. I was kind of surprised, um, but most of the comments that that uh, that have been on this are just twenty of them so far, which is not huge, especially given how many it's in the coming around 40,000 pages so far all over the country. Obviously, it's been picked up by social media and, and repeated around. Um, the comments have been supportive. They're saying that they totally understand. Uh, if, if anything, they wonder why it took him so long to figure this out. Um, any any good riddance feedback from Utahns? Well, I did get one email. I mean, I'm kind of, as I say, I'm kind of surprised. Usually on this, you'll get you'll kind of get a lot of both sides. Um, I received just to me an email in response to this letter, basically saying good riddance. We don't want you Californians around here anyway. Um, That's not something new. I, I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know what kind of response Mr. Bass has received. Uh, he hasn't shared that with me. I haven't asked. Um, but but the comments have been mostly supportive. George went on to say that he'd reached out to the governor's office and to state senator Dan McKay, the sponsor of Utah's abortion ban, for comment. But as of recording this podcast, George hadn't heard back. And that's it for the Daily Buzz. Today's episode was edited by Danny Rubio. And as always, a big shout out to the Salt Lake City band, the Pelicans, for our music. See you tomorrow.